As we prepare for the word of the Lord, let us just go to him in prayer. Lord, we want to thank you that your word is sharper than a double-edged sword. Lord, that means that one side of it needs to cut some of the negative stuff off of us right now. Things that we came in here dragging in here, Lord. Things that the devil's tried to attach to us with his Velcro, that he's tried to tie to us with ropes. Lord, cut it off, cut it off. Lord, we don't want to carry anything except your glory. We don't want to carry anything but your goodness. We don't want to carry anything but your righteousness. So cut it off, Lord God. And Lord God, let that your word be the scalpel that brings healing and the scalpel that brings, Lord God, your work in and through us, God, that we might truly, truly go into this week and live a supernatural life. Lord God, your word brings faith. You said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as we hear your word now, our faith is going to rise. Without faith, it's impossible to please you. So we're going to be able to step into your pleasure this week, Lord God, because of our faith rising to a whole new level because we're, not, we're hearing your word. And Lord God, not let us to be hearers only, but let us be doers of your word as well, we pray in Jesus' name. And as you keep your head bowed, I want to I read this scripture over you in preparation for this message. Head bowed, just, just focusing on the Lord. Listen to what he says to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Oh, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we hear your word. We believe your word. We receive your word. And Lord, we will go forth and be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I just want to reiterate verse 5. He says here that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That God has prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. I know because God's word is true that you have an enemy. There are enemies that have been fighting against you and some of you came in here, if not all of us, with the smell of gunpowder on us today. We've been in a war zone. We live in a war zone. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said that's what he does. So if you see a building destroyed, a church destroyed by a tornado, don't you ascribe that to God. Don't you ascribe that to God. If you get a report that an infirmity of cancer or disease has come upon your body, don't you ascribe that to God. The moment you ascribe it to God, you will not see that you're in the warfare. You will not fight against it. And the devil has his way. 
You say, well, God created the wind, but Jesus also rebuked the wind and the waves, and He wouldn't rebuke that if it was in His will. Let me tell you what, the devil will stir up anything he can, even the things that God created, people closest to you, the devil will stir them up to try and use them to come in and bring warfare in your life. We live in a war zone on this side of heaven. We must understand that. And, and the sad thing, and the part that I'm still fighting against, is that there are casualties of war. I don't like war. I don't think anybody does. And one of the things I don't like about war is there are casualties at time of war. Good people die. And sometimes bad things happen to good people, but it's not because God is trying to do that to them. It is because we're in a war zone and the enemy does not fight fair. The enemy does not care if you got hit three times. He's not caring if you've not slept for seven days. He doesn't give R and R. He does not play fair. He is only about killing, stealing, and destruction. That's all he's about. Amen? So it breaks my heart. I know recently, I, this past week, I uh, lost a third or fourth cousin. I probably hadn't figured it all out yet, but we're related. Uh, her father is my grandfather's brother, and he was a pastor. And uh, he's passed away some years now, but I used to go by and preach for them when I was evangelist and I was traveling and, at Uncle Cecil's church. And, and uh, his daughter, Linda, precious, precious girl, she was always so quiet and sweet and just had such a, an anointing of the Spirit of God on her. And she played the piano for the church. And so ever since she was a little girl, she's always played the piano for her dad's ministry. Even through last Sunday, I hear she was playing right before she passed away as she had a huge struggle with cancer that she looked like she won and then it came back and it was just so aggressive, it just took her out. And, uh, and someone I was speaking with said, well, I can't understand why God killed Linda. She was just, she was needed in the church. She was such a sweet girl. I just can't figure why he did it. But I know he, I, I guess he knows best and he needed another angel. Well, first and foremost, God has created us in an order above the angels. So let's not, let's not lower someone's status by saying when they go to heaven, they're an angel, okay? And uh, because we sing a song they can't sing, Amazing Grace, that the Son of God gave His life and shed His blood for us. Amen. So uh, when they said this, I have, these, I have these feelings that I can't put words into. And they go something, to the, that goes something like this. Oh! Oh! You ever have feelings that you can't really give words to? You could give some shaking to, you know, you could give whatever, but you're just like, I said, God did not kill Linda. Let me tell you what, Jesus said, John 10 and 10, Satan comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. Why are you saying God killed her? Well, she was just such a good girl. Let me tell you what. Yes, she was a good girl. And the devil had his crosshairs on her and he was trying to take her out. But let me tell you what. That doesn't mean she was a bad girl. That means she, she was a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Many times when you're a threat to the kingdom of darkness, that makes you a higher target. And we need to pray for one another and intercede for one another. Okay? So we need to see what's going on. But God is so amazing. And, 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 and when you learn what God has done, boy, does it give us confidence to continue in, through this war zone. 
God said, I'm going to prepare a secret weapon for you in the midst of your enemy. And this secret weapon, the devil can't figure it out. The devil can't control it. The devil can't stop it. The devil can't... It's out of his control. This secret weapon I'm going to give to you and it's going to be right there in the midst of your enemies and I'm going to disguise it. There's going to be camouflage about it so that it doesn't look like the missile that it is. It doesn't look like the weapon that it is. It's going to look innocent. It's going to look simple. It's going to look like something there's no threat here and it's going to be on a table in the presence of your enemies and that is the meal that heals and that's what we're looking at this morning the meal that heals we're looking at the secret weapon that God has given us that we can we can uh, participate in we can do the word when we do this and we can see the word work in our life so if you've come in here out of a war zone and you've come out here with some shrapnel metal hanging off of your backside and you come in here with a smell of smoke from the gunfire of the war you've been in this week or this January or February or March and it looks like the devil's going to win. Let me tell you what, you're fixing to get access and understanding to the secret weapon that's going to give you a, a victory, that's going to give you power, that's going to give you authority, that's going to give you position to go into this week and to win like never before. Say amen. Hallelujah. So we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 and following. And let's work through those together. Here the Apostle Paul, who is inspired by the Spirit of God. The Bible says that the Word of God is divinely inspired. It's God-breathed. So God is using this man to give us the teaching of heaven on how we should live in victory here on earth. And he says this, For I received from the Lord that which I also deliver to you. He says, what I'm about to teach you is not something that is a man-made tradition. This is not something that is a religious ritual. This is not something that a council came up with and said this would be a good thing to do. Paul says, this comes from God. This comes from the commander-in-chief, and he is giving us revelation and understanding of a weapon that we can participate and use here on earth in the midst of our enemies. So I received from the Lord that which I've also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks. Jesus here wants us to know that in order for us to tap into or for us to partake of the blessing which comes when we participate in this supernatural weapon of the Lord's Supper, we must do it with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the key that opens the gates of heaven. So I want to take just a moment and I want to push on you just a bit. I want to push on you to stop thinking about the negative, to stop thinking about the gunfire, to stop thinking about what the devil's doing and start thinking about what the Lord has done. I want you to start thinking about the goodness of the Lord. I want you to start thinking about something He has done and to help you and make things better in your life. Because God is a good, good God. In Psalms 100, he tells us in five verses a progression of how we can come to him. He says, make a joyful shout 
to the Lord, all you lands. When you start thinking about the goodness of God, it causes something to begin to rise up in you and say, you know what? I'm not in this all by myself. I'm not in this uh, unarmed. I'm not in this outpowered or outnumbered. I'm God, if God before me, who can be against me? And greater is He who is in me than he who is in the world. And, and it makes you want to shout. When you feel like you should shout, you should shout. You hear what I'm saying? Because we're going to be a shouting church here. We're not going to have a Christian embassy funeral home here. We're a Christian embassy international church. We know God is alive. We know God is good. And we're going to shout. He likes to shout, so we're going to shout. He says, make a joyful shout unto the Lord, all ye lands. I don't want you to become a quiet people. I want you to be heard. I want you to use the tongue, this weapon of warfare that God has given us and to release into the supernatural arena the power of the Spirit of God through a thanksgiving and a shout of praise and a shout of glory and a shout of honor to God. And then he says, serve the Lord with gladness. He said, don't let you, just don't be a shout. Roll up your sleeves and serve him with a happy heart. Serve him with gladness. Serve his kingdom. Serve his word. Serve his spirit. Serve his, in his power. He wants us to do with gladness. And then he says, you can serve me by coming in my presence with singing. Coming into my presence with singing. See, what we've just done here for the past 20 plus minutes is not something man-made. It's not something council-driven. It's not something ritualistic. What we've done is responded to the Word. We're doing the Word. He says, come into my presence with singing. He says, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll build my ecclesia is the Greek word. Ek means out. Klesia means call. Call together. I'll call you out of your houses and bring you together. I'll call you out of your neighborhoods and bring you together. And I want you to come together in congregation. And I want you to come and sing to me, saith the Lord. He says, you can serve me with your singing. He said, I love to hear you sing. You said, well, I don't sing that pretty. He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He said, I just want to hear a heart that will sing of my goodness, a heart that will sing of my favor, a heart that will sing of my blessings. Hallelujah. And then he says, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, not we ourselves. We are the people, the sheep of His pasture. He loves us. He's going to take care of us. He's our great shepherd. He's going to comfort us. He's going to protect us. We need to stay close to Him. So then he says, now enter my gates with thanksgiving. Let me tell you what, if you want to get through the gates and to the very courts and into the presence of the Lord, he said, do it with thanksgiving. Oh, stop talking about that negative thing. Oh, stop talking about what you lost. Oh, stop talking about what the devil's doing. Oh, I'll tell you what, we need to talk about what the Lord is doing. We need to talk about what God has given us. We need to talk about the goodness of God. Come on now. With thanksgiving, we get through his court. I mean, and uh, his gate and in his courts we enter with praise. 
Praise means an extended hand. Yod. It means an extended hand. God, I'm not here to take anything right now. I know you're going to bless me. You've already blessed me. But I'm just here to say you deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. You deserve the praise. You deserve it. I'm lifting you up. Lifting you up. I'm honoring you, Lord God. I'm not here to take. I'm here to give you something. Hallelujah. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. You're Jehovah Rapha. You're my God, my healer. You're Jehovah Chira. You're my God, my provider. You're Jehovah Shalom. You're my God, my peace. You're Jehovah Sitkanug. You're my God, my righteousness. You're my God, my, my provision, my love. You're in my everything. Let me tell you what. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good. He's good. He's good. What a good, good God we serve. Hallelujah. And His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. See, the power of communion is activated. That weapon that God has prepared on a table in the presence of our enemies, it is activated. A weapon that is not activated when it finds its destination will not do what it was sent to do. you got to turn it on. you got to activate it. Well, he tells us communion is activated by the power of thanksgiving. I don't know if you've heard it lately, but let this word come to you. You've got a lot to be thankful for. Then we should be thankful for forgiveness of sin. Look at the person next to you. That person was, has fallen short of the glory of God. That person, look at them. They, the wages of sin is death. They deserve damnation. They deserve to be cast into hell, separated from God for eternity. Yeah, that person you're looking at. I know they're smiling at you, but that's who they are. That's who they are. But let me tell you what, while the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life in and through Jesus Christ. And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And if you will confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior and believe God has raised him from the dead, you can be saved your sin. Though a scarlet will be white as snow, though as red as crimson will be as wool. Let me tell you, we've got much to be thankful for, for the forgiveness of sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What a good God. What a good God. Hallelujah. We got so much to be thankful for. There's redemption in His blood. We're recipients of God's covenant blessing. We have unmerited favor, joy unspeakable and full of glory, peace that surpasses all understanding, peace with God, peace of God, love beyond measure, and it goes on and on and on and on. The power of communion is activated with the power of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. For I received from the Lord that which I have also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night that He was betrayed, He took bread, and when He had given thanks... He broke it and said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then in the same manner of giving thanks, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And this do as often, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often, he's telling us that we should do this often. Not just once a year. Or at some special holiday. 
For as often as you eat and drink the bread, drink the cup and eat the bread, he says, we do this often. Why? Because we often need to be reminded of forgiveness. And we often need to be reminded of healing. And we often need to be reminded of the blessings of God in our life. And we often need to be reminded of all the things that Jesus provided in and through His body and His blood through the atonement. We need to be reminded because we're in a warfare. And sometimes with all the mess that the enemy sends against us will cause us to forget. So we need a church. We need a pastor. We need friends. We need people that will come alongside and help us remember who we are and whose we are and that we are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath. We're to be blessed coming in and going out. Otherwise, we forget who we are. When Satan came to Eve, the Bible says he beguiled her. That word beguiled means made her forget who she was. So his number one beginning of causing the fall of mankind was to cause God's creative order to forget who they are. And Jesus says, I want you to do this often so you'll be reminded of who you are and what I did for you and what I provided in and through you because we need to be often reminded of forgiveness and healing and, and the blessings of God in our lives. Amen? For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, something happens. You proclaim. Now remember, this is a weapon. He's prepared a table for us in the, in the presence of our enemies. So we're in the middle of the battleground. Sounds like life to me. Anybody? I thought I'd get saved and it took me out of the battleground. When you go to heaven, you get out of the battleground. But you, there, you get, really, you get in the battleground. You get on the front lines when you get saved. But isn't it better to be a part of the winning team and you're on the front line than the devil just doing with you whatever he wanted to do with you in the past? He said, as often as you do this, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now, I scratch my head and I say, why is it important? It is important because God says it is. Why is it important that I proclaim the Lord's death till He comes, which means He's alive? Right? So we're not negating the fact of the resurrection. He's alive. But this proclaims His death. And the reason it is so important is because when he died, he activated or made legal his will for our lives. Death is the entryway into the last will of a person who has died. My father had some assets. I'm sure he would have loved for them to have been more. It wasn't that much, but there were assets to be contended with, to deal with when he passed. And we had to go, my sister, my brother, and I had to get, I think it was seven, these seven things called death certificates, which was by the official of the state, I think, declaring my father, Jimmy Lee Lambert Sr., was dead. And with that piece of paper, we went to his bank, and now we have access to every penny that was his, now becomes ours. And we went to his house, which was paid for, to the courthouse and the deed and the record and the title and all that stuff. And with that piece of paper, we proclaimed, he's dead. And 
that house that maybe he spent 30 years paying for now becomes the property of my brother, my sister, and myself. As we proclaimed his death, it made legal transition of that which he had became ours. Hallelujah. Jesus' death opened up and made public for distribution everything that he came and conquered for us here on this earth. And when we come to this table that is camouflaged where the enemy's just walking by and saying, looks like grape juice and looks like bread to me. No threat there. No threat there. How could a piece of broken bread and a squeezed blood of a grape be any threat to us? But we of faith know, hallelujah, that we can come to that table and we can take that blood of the grape and we can take that bread and we can, with thanksgiving, activate and tap into to by faith uh, everything that Jesus provided uh, it becomes ours hallelujah from the healing and provision and deliverance and righteousness everything becomes ours it is ours hallelujah glory to God so when we take of the cup and we take of the bread which we're going to do the word. Isn't it great to be in a church where you can do the word? Don't be hearers only, but doers of the word. We hear the word and we can do the word. He said, make a joyful shout unto me. We're doing the word right now. He said, let thanksgiving be heard. We're doing the word right now. But we're about to take the cup and we're about to take the bread and we're going to do the word and we're going to proclaim the death of Jesus because the, de the death of Jesus we are showing our sickness that Jesus died to heal us and we're showing our sin that Jesus died to sanctify us and make us the righteousness of God we are showing any bondage that is on us that Jesus died to set us free free indeed we are showing the devil that Jesus died to give us the victory over his demonic strongholds over our life we're showing the Lord's death to all the things that His death gave us victory over. Guilt and condemnation and sin and sickness and disease and curse and fear and depression and disappointment and unrest and anxiety and poverty. And the list goes on and on and on. He dealt with it when He said, It is... Hallelujah. So in a minute, when you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you're showing sickness that because Jesus' death and what He accomplished on Calvary, that this sickness has got to go. This sickness has got to go. This sickness is a part of the warfare that He's given me victory over. This poverty is part of the warfare that He's given me victory over. This broken heart is part of the warfare he's given me victory over. This demonic oppression and bondage and strongholds and, and addiction in my life, he's given me victory over. I'm going to declare my victory by participating in this supernatural weapon of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're not going to take communion as a, as a ceremony, if I could say it that way. 
ceremony. Wait till the graduation, you can go through a ceremony. You can wait till, you know, some promotion, you can go through a ceremony. But here, we're not going to do communion as a ceremony because it's a weapon. And we are going to, this thing is live. I remember we grew up and we had this, uh, I don't know what it was, it was a mortar or whatever. It was shaped like a teardrop with uh, wings on it. But fortunately, the the tip of it was screwed out and it was hollow. So I'm sure there used to be something in there that would explode and they'd drop those bombs. And it sat out. We used it as an anchor in the boat. You know, it was tied to a rope and we'd use it as an anchor. And I remember us kids going out there and playing with that thing. And we said, I wonder if we filled this up with this or that or the other gasoline and capped it up, what would it do if we lit a fuse on the end? And we were getting creative with it, but it was diffused. It was just an anchor. It was just a worthless piece of metal. Let me tell you what, what we're about to do is not a worthless piece of metal. It's not a blank. It's not a dud. Let me tell you what, it can be activated by Thanksgiving and it can be employed by faith. And you can take of this bread and you can drink of this cup in faith and you can take hold of everything that Jesus, when he died, made legal yours in and through Christ Jesus. So this is not a ceremony. This is a weapon against the devil. This is a weapon against sickness. This is a weapon against bondage. This is a weapon against sin. And when we take communion, knowing that Jesus died to give us this, we we do it with thanksgiving because thanksgiving is the greatest expression of faith. If I came to you and said, look, I've come into an enormous amount of money and I'm prophesying. Hallelujah. And and the Lord told me out of the abundance of this enormous million dollars per book type thing. Hallelujah. Thank you. Prophesy, prophesy. I'm going to give $10,000 to those that the Lord shows me to. And say the Lord showed me to come to you. Sister Marianne, the Lord said, you know, go to Marianne and tell her, you know, I'm going to $10,000. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Glory, glory. Sister Marianne, she's wanting me to skip over you. But I got double. We'll go to and we'll go to Marianne. Okay. And they tell me at the bank that everything's cleared. It's all there. It'll be wired into your account and you can start using it Friday afternoon. 12.01, it's yours. Now, if Masi or Sister Marianne were to say, well, that sounds good. I've had people promise me things before and it just didn't ever happen. So I'm not going to get my hopes up because, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. And then they wait till Friday, 12.01, there's $10,000 in their account. I hear Mossy with her French accent say, Hallelujah! <laughs> Glory to God! <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, she's doing it. I hear it. And, uh, and now they want to call me and thank me. It's not the same. It's not the same. We do need to show gratitude for that which we've received, right? But faith is giving gratitude before we receive it. Hallelujah. So when we pass this bread out and this fruit of the vine out here in a few minutes and you take that I want you to start look at whatever it is you're focusing this warfare this is a this is your weapon you're going to aim it in on something I don't know if it's a sickness in your body I don't know if it's a lack that you have I don't know if it's a brokenness in your heart I don't know if it's a relationship I don't know what it is but you're going to focus it in and you got to use your faith you got to exercise your faith and say it's done it's done And then you start thanking God for it. 
You start thanking God for the deliverance. You start thanking God for the provision. You start thanking God. And as you're taking it with thanksgiving, you're releasing the power that God has in this weapon. That he's this table. He prepared it on a table in the middle of our enemy for a reason. So that he can give us the victory in the battle. And if you'll do that, I guarantee you, you are going to go into this week. <laughs> Glory! And you're going to find the transfer happened after midnight. It happened after noon. You're going to find different transfers and different accounts and different things. You'll be like, whoa, glory. Now you got that Thanksgiving from after receiving it as well. But it first needs to be a Thanksgiving of faith.